0: Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. We're talking today about bank failures, and we're talking with Christine Barry, Research Director with the ITAG Group. Christine, thanks so much for talking to me today. Thank you. Christine, the big news this past weekend, of course, was that Colonial Bank was closed and sold to BB&T. It's the largest closure so far in 2009. But what's your sense? Is it going to stay the largest, or is it going to be exceeded before this year is out?
1: Well, Tom, I'm going to take an optimistic stand, and I really do believe that this is going to be the largest closure that we see this year. Uh, The government regulators have really been keeping a, a pretty close watch on some of the largest banks, and recently we've even seen some positive earnings announcements coming out of some of the larger banks. So, unfortunately, Colonial was really at a point of no return, Uh, They had a very big stake in the Florida real estate collapse. Uh, They also had a pretty large presence in Georgia. So it it was difficult uh, for them to overcome many of their challenges. But I think some of the other large institutions are a little more stable today. So unfortunately, it will be just a lot of the smaller institutions failing through the end of the year.
0: Well, let's talk about that because already we've seen more than three times the bank closures this year than last. What are the trends that you're watching?
1: we're certainly watching the increased rate at which banks are closing, and it seems to have certainly picked up pace a lot faster than what we saw last year. Uh, We're also closely watching the location of a lot of the bank failures, and they seem to be in certain areas, with the majority of them in places like Illinois and California Georgia and Florida. Uh, We're also watching some of the precautions that banks are starting to take. There's certainly a much greater focus on gathering deposits to stabilize their balance sheets, uh, we're also seeing banks with much tighter underwriting standards, and they're certainly focusing a lot more on risk management uh, than they were in the past.
0: Now, we know that there are 300 banks, a little bit more, on the FDIC's troubled banks list now, and I hear people say that, that, that they believe that the, you know, the actual list exceeds even that. How many more failures do you think we can expect to see in this calendar year?
1: I think at this point we've already seen about 75, and I'm hearing that the number by year-end could be as high as 150. Um, I believe that that's probably a realistic number, again, given the increased pace that we're seeing in bank failures. Um, But it's important to point out that it's still not nearly as high as during the savings and loan crisis in the 80s. And also, there still are over 7,500 banks in the U.S., so while a large number of them are struggling, at least what we're finding in our research is that far more are actually seeing some opportunities in this market, so it's not all gloom for all the institutions, but I I do believe that it probably will hit about 150 this year.
0: Now, given the acquisitions that we've seen, and we see some institutions' names coming up frequently as the acquirers, how do you see the banking landscape being reshaped by this this spate of failures and subsequent acquisitions?
1: I think in the end, we're going to actually have a much stronger financial services industry. We're going to have banks that are a lot better capitalized. Uh, We had actually done some research. We spoke about 800 community banks earlier this year, and we found that over 80% of them have actually built up their reserves since the start of the crisis. So we're seeing a lot of banks focusing on, on initiatives such as that, um, we will also likely to see much less risk-taking than we did in the past, so we'll see much stronger and more stable institutions. Uh, there will certainly be much fewer institutions than what we've had in the past um, because of all the, the mergers and acquisitions, but I think that's really enabling the banks that end up standing in the end uh, to be a lot stronger with much broader product portfolios and more stable balance sheets.
0: So, Christine, we've got a little over four months to go before the end of the year. For people who are watching what happens in the banking industry, what are some of the the areas they should keep an eye on between now and year's end?
1: Uh, some of the things that we're keeping track of is uh, bank usage of technology and just precautions that they're taking. So by using technology, they're able to better focus on risk management uh to better predict any defaults that they're gonna have in loans. There's a lot of new credit tools that are available in the market. Uh, we're looking mm-hmm. for banks to it would be stricter with borrowers as far as requiring more information. Um, and then I, I guess the, the final recommendation that I would make to observers is to just continue to follow some of the economic indicators. You know, we're closely watching the housing market and unemployment. Because unfortunately until those Get better. Um, banks are going to continue to struggle.
0: Christine, as always, I appreciate your time and I appreciate your insight.
1: No problem. Thank you.
0: We've been talking with Christine Barry with the ITA Group. For information security media group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.